Hi, and welcome to Track Changes, the podcast of Postlight, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. We build your apps, we build your websites, we build your web apps and the platforms that make them all go. My name is Paul Ford, and I'm the co-founder of Postlight, and I am joined by... Rich Ziotti. The other co-founder and my co-host here on Track Changes. Rich, do you uh, do you use an ad blocker? <sighs> I do. Okay, I don't. So we're balanced. Everyone can calm down. You got one founder okay. with an ad blocker, one founder with no ad blocker. Yeah, yeah. I turned it off recently for a moment, but I turned it back on. See, I need to see. I like to know. I need to see too, but I... I We'll get to this. This okay. is a this is a very contentious. Which ad blocker do you use? I use uBlock. Okay, I was a privacy badger guy for a little while, but mm. honestly, I just I want to know what they're trying to do. I want to see the ads. Yeah, I think you can do that, and then you go back to living life in a peaceful manner. No, 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 no. Ads are part of the website. That's what I believe. Well, look, honestly, this isn't about you and me. No, it's not. This is about our guest in the studio, whose name is John Shankman. John, hi, welcome. Thank welcome. you. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. John, you're the CEO of Hashtag Labs. That is correct. That is a trendy name for 2011. What does Hashtag Labs do? HTL for short, I would like to add. Okay. Um, I would say in its most jargony form, it's the service layer for ad operations for independent publishers. So we help independent publishers with their digital advertising technology. We make it easier for them, we service it for them, and we help them understand it. All right, so wait, let, let's stop for a second. Let's take a break. What is an ad? Because it's hashtag labs, yep. but I didn't hear any hashtags. Hashtag labs sounds like we bring people together. We do bring people together, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I think I think we, we took a leap here in that the assumption, I mean, I think for many people, they say, well, why do I need help putting an ad on my little independent site? So I think starting there, I think, would be really helpful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the glib answer is, well, why don't you give it a shot and see how it goes? Uh, what goes wrong? <laughs> when, I, when I go, when I start my, you know, NikeSneakerWatch.com okay, yeah. because I'm really into sneakers and I'm getting good traffic and I'm like, you know, I should put some ads on here, make a little money. Yeah. And I go, what, what happens to me? Well, unfortunately with this stuff, it's a really um, tightly packed box that when you start digging into it, there's a, the answer is always, it depends. And so, you know, if you're a small person who's starting out for the first time, you would probably sign up for Google AdSense and you would put that into your CMS template and you would have AdSense on your webpage. Oh, so there's little like like text ads and sort of the regular, or does that, AdSense now includes everything, right? AdSense, there's that, Google has two advertising demand side products. One is AdSense and now that's sort of all being combined into Ad Exchange, which was, you know, basically created by their acquisition of AdMeld. Okay, so if I'm a small-time content producer slash editorial product creator, I already have to figure that out. Yes, you have to figure out how to put that ad code on your web page. AdSense you can put directly on the page. Now, where I was saying it sort of gets complicated is if you want to work with advertisers directly, it's probably a good idea to have an ad server. Good idea to have an ad server. Yes. Well, it depends what you're trying to do. Again, sometimes just AdSense on the page itself works well. If you want to get more advanced and you want to do things like header bidding and you want to service advertisers directly, having an ad server is a good idea. Now, you say header bidding like I would know what that is. What's header bidding? Header bidding is a hacky innovation in the programmatic ad space. Okay, what's programmatic ad space? 
No, we're peeling the onion here. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna peel this onion because this is a very jargon driven industry. We're gonna go far. Let down me the let me hole. pause for one sec. Here's what I know about advertising. If I'm a listener of Track Changes, and also probably me too personally, I go to a website and it gives me some stuff, but then. Something on the website makes it start reaching out all these weird tentacles to other places. And those places have ads. And the ads are pictures or used to be flash video or little HTML interactive thingamajigs. And those start flying across and jamming themselves into places on my page. Yeah, I mean, if going back to uBlock for a second, it shows a little number when you visit a site. And it's essentially that number. It's a tally of all the other sites effectively all the other servers it's hitting that it blocked and sometimes i've seen 20 30 50 different services that are getting tapped right so my attention draw the page my attention as a web user like i'm there to read the article but it's like i'm a milkshake with 50 straws coming out of me and all the different ad all the different ad networks are trying to take a little sip of my milkshake right which is fine like that's the deal of the web and if i really wanted to opt out i could be like rich yeah. and take everyone's revenue away and install a privacy guard. Exactly. I mean, it's worth highlighting that what you don't see at the bottom of a popular site or blog is, want to advertise here? Email joe at Mm funcamerasite.com or whatever. You just, that link, right, to advertisers has been uh, appropriated and a highly efficient system and network has taken hold. Well, I'm going to put highly efficient... Okay. All right, Take out the highly efficient. As, as an ad man, I would disagree with that as well. All right. Let's okay. let's keep peeling the onion, right? Let's so, yeah. Let's programmatic. So first of all, I'm assuming if I have if I'm Johnson and Johnson and I have a million dollars and I want you to know about talcum powder. Yeah. I can go to websites and I can say, hey, let me give you a hundred thousand dollars and you put an ad for talcum powder on that site. Correct. Okay. So that what's that called? That would be a direct sale. That's a direct sale. That's like my brand, and I'm telling you about it. We love that. Okay, I love. Here's some money. Can you do this? How many? How many hits are you going to get? Me? Impressions. Baby yeah. Center. Babycenter.com okay. might get an email or a call from Johnson and Johnson. So if I'm a publisher, I love that, right? Because that's all I got. I actually think Johnson Johnson owns Baby Center. Believe it or not. Holy hell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go. We can only <laughs> go down. God. There's only so many onions. <laughs> Just we can, blew my mind. Yeah, we're, we're peeling too many onions. Content okay. marketing. So like I, but that, if I'm a publisher, that's dreamy, right? Cause you just came and gave me that hundred thousand dollars and all I have to do is put your sticker on my, on my uh, website sure. and I just got some money. So yeah. that's, that's direct. That's good. That's great. We love that. But let's say my sales team, let's say I, I get a million people to come look at my website every month mm-hmm. and my sales team can, can like go out and I have enough like like a half a million of them, I'm able to kind of be like, hey, I got these half a million people. But now I have all this other traffic yeah. that I don't really have ads for. Correct. So I could probably be making money on it, but I can't go. I'm, I'm out of Johnson & Johnson's and Nike's and Baby Center. Well, I don't have a sales team. So now yeah. I go to the robots. Correct. Okay. That's, is that the programmatic? Platforms, the the platforms. platforms. Yeah. Now, are you, what, what do you do? We do both. I mean, you know, so let's look at it from the perspective of a publisher for a minute, and we can talk about three different types of advertising that you can get as a publisher. You know, what we were just talking about, we'll do it in reverse order. I normally start at the bottom of the pyramid and move up, but we'll start at the top of the pyramid and go down. So, you know, the highest end sale that you can do is a direct sale. That's when the publisher has a direct relationship with the advertiser and the transactional details, how many impressions are being sold, what are the key performance indicators, and... 
the price, really, the CPM is all done directly. CPM is? The cost per 1,000 impressions. Okay. Um, and, and that's just negotiated in that setting? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just say, hey, so, so I come in, I great. say, I want... It's an agreed upon rate. So but. I say, I want you to put my sticker on your Trapper Keeper, and you go, that'll be a dollar. Correct. Great. Yeah, we love those. Those okay. deals are the highest margin deals, too. Okay. The next tier that we have, which, you know, and Hashtag Lab Services is all three tiers of this. We sort of are, you know, we understand the ecosystem holistically. Sure. And so, you know, one of our core values is flexibility, where it's like, you know, depending on where the publisher is in their life cycle, we'll help them out with either of these. So any of these. So one is direct sales. Two is sort of the premium network space. So we saw, like, if you think about, like, 10 years ago, and you think about your federated medias, your same medias, your large tails, there was this whole sort of layer of premium premium ad network that emerged to sort of say, we're going to outsource the direct sales to these types of companies. Right, let me give this back to you. So like John Battelle was on our podcast. He was the founder of Federated Media. My, I'm an alumni of Federated Media. Okay. Love it. Shouts to Federated. Okay. So, so Federated <laughs> Media was like, oh my God. First of all, Federated Media, John's like, well, people are putting ads on websites. So that's interesting. Yeah. Second of all, there's all these blogs coming up and nobody's paying attention to them and none of those people can make any money. Right. So I'm going to make an ad network and I'm going to give them a tag or a little bit of code and they can run it. And then I'm going to go out and I'm going to I'm going to say to the various the various advertisers or the agencies or whoever it is who's in the business of buying people's attention to promote brands. Yep. I'm going to say to them, I got a really interesting audience for you. Yep. Give me your rectangles. I'm going to put your rectangles on all of their websites. Absolutely. And you're going to give me some money. I'll take a cut, and then I'll give them the rest. Yep. Okay. So that was like that was the model. It's that a middleman. Yeah, yeah. It was I mean, an agent. Middleman who's bringing value, of course, to of course, it. Obviously. It's very hard to work with advertisers. But yeah. notice we just went from zero middlemen to one middleman. Yeah. Okay. So there's one middleman, and then then what's happening? So, yeah, so we have that sort of like premium network space. Honestly, I would say most of that's gone today. You know, you'll have your larger publishers like a Vice or a Refinery29 who will build out and sort of have replaced that premium network layer if you're an independent publisher. And but, then, but it's worth going to Vice because they're really big and they, we should mention they're one of our clients, but they're yeah. really big. and you, We love Vice. But, and, and you can get like a whole big audience from them. Well, you can get great advertiser relationships from them if, from the perspective of a publisher. So if you're a publisher ABC and you have a rock and roll audience that reads Vice, Vice will say to their advertisers, Mr. – you know, I won't use a specific advertiser, but you know, advertiser A, like, hey, if you love Vice's audience, you might also love these audiences. And then Vice will keep a cut the way Federated used to and, and ah. put it on their network. That's oh, what, interesting. So, so, like, so let's say the advertiser is Jimmy's Pickles. Yep. Vice goes to Jimmy's Pickles and what do they say? They say, hey, Jimmy's Pickles, like you love Vice's audience. This partner on rock and roll site A has a similar audience. Would you also like to put your Jimmy Pickles ads there? Oh, so I'm Vice. Uh, Vice has gone ahead and made themselves the middleman and built a relationship with the yeah. other the other publisher. They're Correct. drafting behind Vice's brand equity. Correct. Effectively. Okay. It's called AdVice. So they have it on their website and everything. Sure, sure. Ahead. Okay. So this is a – Do a lot of publishers do that? If you're lucky enough to get in, I mean, you know, Vice can really drive really great revenue for you. Um, you know, I'm not sure how large their network now is, but they're fairly selective. But if you can get in, yeah, it's, it's huh. great. Interesting. So they are able, they're at a scale where they're able to go, we really can see the world. And We've we're got, cool. We're cool. The association, right? We have a lot of traffic and we can build these relationships and the people who want to talk to millennials, who want to talk to our audience, like everyone's going to show up. They're going right. to, they, they know they can get people on both sides of the table. Yep. 
Fascinating. That's, okay, that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of level two. Yep. A couple people are in the room, but we're still only a couple people. In terms of publishers? In terms of just making the deal, right? Like Got there's it. not five million different middlemen. Yeah, at this point, you need an ad server. Like you still need – like the ad server is sort of the system of record, if you will, for – Digital advertising. And is that Google? Is that DoubleClick? Or what is that? Yeah. I mean, there's multiple ad servers out there. By far, the industry leader is going to be DoubleClick's DFP. Which um, is owned by Google. Yeah. It was purchased by Google in 2007, I think. It was yeah. the largest acquisition after YouTube for $3.1 billion, Yeah, believe. that's right. It was a huge deal. And, yeah. And it was when Google was like, okay, we're an advertising company. It was when they figured out what they were. Yeah. And, you know, DoubleClick, you know, it's funny. As a software shop, you guys can talk about it. Like, the ad server... You know, it's so important, but, you know, it's a glorified calendaring system to, sure. to a certain degree. It's it's really funny. I mean, I love it. I work in it every day. We know it extraordinarily well, but... Um, it's also a beast. Like, people who don't use those things don't realize they are big and complicated and full of edge cases and shenanigans. Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of why I don't think you've ever seen um, Google displaced. And, you know, it's, again, why Hashtag Labs is in business is because... It's funny because it's like it's supposed to be easy to use, but if you're a CEO who's making a publishing organization and you're busy all day and you're worrying about the content, the last thing you have time to do is shift gears into like wonky ad tech land and figure out like, all right, if I need this to serve on this page specifically, how do I pull the key value? Like, you know, there's just a whole sort of expertise that goes around it. So at this point, there aren't that many robots in charge, but it sounds like level three is when the robots show up. Yeah, I you know, I wouldn't even say it's where the robots show up. I would say it's sort of where the middlemen can do their thing. I'll tell you what, I'm thinking about there's a company called um, Luma Partners and they of put course. out this picture. It's yeah. just a it's a chart of all the different middlemen. Yeah. They're it's actually, legendary. They're actually downstairs in our building, but you um and, and it's sort of on one side is audience and the other side are publishers yeah. and there are like 500 companies yeah. in between. And along the way, it's it's almost like a board game. Like you can see how ads have to go. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. On one side, it's like it's advertisers, and the other side, it's publishers. Yeah, an audience, and it's like they have to go through. It's like playing Monopoly. Like they have to go through all <laughs> these different things. And along the way, I'm assuming that these companies are all nobody gets in the ad game for philanthropic purposes. I don't think so. No, and so <laughs> everybody's getting. So we're talking about things that cost a penny. Or a quarter or a tenth of a tenth of a penny. Right. And everybody's getting their tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a penny along the way. Yeah. And then there's less for the publisher when it gets there. Definitely, definitely. So this is programmatic. Yes, yes. So we have direct sales. We have premium networks, for lack of a better phrase. And now we get to, you know, how do you monetize unsold inventory? And the phrase that's been popularized over the past, you know, three to four years for that is called programmatic. Previously, it may have been called something like remnant. Mm -hmm. Um. So what is programmatic? So wait, the remnant is actually very telling, right? It was the kind of the space you had left over after you sold all your big deal. Yeah, it's sitting around. Yeah. You're going to get zero dollars. Yeah, exactly. So it's like real estate. You're like, I could build a little something over there. You know, I could put up a little shack and maybe I could have a hot dog stand. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, You know, I think it's worthwhile talking about, like, what is programmatic and why does it have a bad reputation today? And and before we even get there, like, you know, we're sort of already assuming it's bad. I think, you know, especially from the perspective of the publisher. And so I I think it's worthwhile to just, like, look at publisher services as a whole Mm -hmm. before we dive into programmatic. Like, I think publisher services as a whole has sort of always over-promised to the publisher. They've always said, like, if you come with us, you're going to make so much money. And then, you know, it was always on this sort of, like, pumped up. Who is saying, what kind of company is saying this? Like, if you own a a content website right now, 
NikeSneakerWatch.com. Yeah, so, you know, athleticsrule.com, let's say that one. Like, you know, and you're running a sports website, you are going to have this layer of actor in the ecosystem emailing you constantly, always being like, hey, if you put... I I can describe one. It's basement.org. I've owned it for years. I haven't updated it in over five years, six years. But it has a few articles in there that get hits all the time. So I get this email saying, hey, would you like to... We have some real opportunity ahead for you. It's very cryptic. Yeah. It's kind of hard to read. And it's, and it's like, you know, join and we're going we're gonna to make you money. Yeah. Effectively. Sure. So people, that's true. People, I get you, it probably three, four a week. Yeah, I get those too for F-Train. Yeah. You just, people are always trying, if they sense there's any traffic there at all, they or automated versions of themselves are always offering you some mysterious yeah. revenue. Yeah. yeah payday lending ads, things yeah. like that. Like there's a really creepy bottom feeder ecosystem that's been there for a decade plus. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I actually think that's getting better. Like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm not, you know, like the evolution of technology. Like, I'm not that smart or well-informed to sort of talk about that. But I think what happened was you sort of had a new technology at hand and the people who knew how to play the system and play the game exploited it. Sure. And that sort of led to this bottom layer of, you know, being like, hey, put your our tag on your website and, you know, it, maybe it'll work. And from there, you know, publisher services just generally was like, was optimistic in what we're going to be able to do with online advertising. And I think it overpromised to the publisher. And I think programmatic tends to do that now. And so when I look at like the space and I'm like, oh, what's the biggest issue with advertising from the perspective of independent publishers and really from advertisers, I think, you know, we need better quality ads and we need better quality ad space. And I think, you know, the platforms, your Google, your app nexuses, these really big players are really interested in cleaning up the ecosystem so that it's more similar when you buy an ad online programmatically. It's more similar to like doing an ad an American Express ad in the middle of 30 Rock on television. I think, you know, where programmatic is at now has a long way to go to get to driving premium transactions, but we'll get there. When you say better, mm-hmm. right, there's, sure. there's better in terms of the end user experience. Yes, yes of course. And then there's better because, you know, we joke about it, but there's obviously this sort of negative impression of how gross and messy a web page can feel impression right? of course <laughs> i yeah. mean you have mobile reader you have mobile redirects hijacking your reading experience on the new york times like, what's that, that called that's that it's a name? mobile redirect oh. and that game <laughs> like that game is yeah is i sorry to cut you off no 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 it's fine I, I guess the question i have is is there a sense in this industry that okay this is a slippery slope like we can only ride this so far because it's getting to a point where it's you know the net perception out there is 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 really not good and in fact the effectiveness i'm guessing they only think about effectiveness like nobody's doing anything with these Who, ads. the advertisers yeah yeah i mean i don't think you know i think we need to really separate premium advertisers from sort of the programmatic middlemen and gamers who are yeah. doing these things yeah. and, and sort of that's what i mean by better advertising from the perspective of the publisher no publisher likes mobile redirects. That's one of the hardest things of our in our jobs, right? Like we enable programmatic for our publishers that drive significant revenue because we enable it. When, when all you say we, do you mean hashtag, hashtag labs? labs. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you've got a particular mission here. Your mission is not purely like how do I squeeze out every no, last dollar. No, we right? do not. Like we're we're unique in that we don't even keep a cut 
of any of the programmatic revenue that we drive for our publishers. We work on a ser- on a service fee. So I see. we're very much not um, – yeah, we're just not – With an eye towards like how do we – bring this industry up a level here so that it's not viewed as ineffective and ugly and like it's the running joke right yeah yeah i mean we want to make better advertising i mean for our publishers there's a real mitigation between right you know how do we enable programmatic and run it because independent publishing is hard and you need as much revenue as possible right without ruining the reading experience right Right. you can whack you know 85 ads on the page and get the rpm up to 20 rpm is revenue per thousand page views up to 25 dollars but no one's going to be able to read your website and so our job is really to be the guiding hand and saying like, hey, you know, 30K a month is worth it for a couple mobile redirects once in a while. But then that's the hard part of our job when a site owner who loves their website gets a mobile redirect on their own site. They're like, why am I getting this? Right. You know, and it's like, this is a really systemic issue Mm -hmm. that needs to be cleaned up at the level of the ad exchange. Yeah. Yeah, And you you see that changing? I do. I honestly, you know, where you were saying, like, as an industry, do we see the industry getting better? I think, you know, they've realized that this is really bad. And, you know, some of the largest defenders, because when you think about it, the platforms were driven to get money. They, they're paid on a transactional basis. So the more transactions they do, the more money right. they make. And yeah. so, you know, if you have some sort of gray hat player driving billions of transactions a month, it's going to be hard to clean them up. But now enough people are onto the game where it's like Procter & Gamble is not going to advertise in a place where, you know, you have this black hat person in who knows where in some basement, you know, sort of using the obscure rules of JavaScript to rewrite URLs and have, you know, a fake Facebook page pop up. Like, that's going to, like, I'm kind They're moving away from that. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, they be- first of all, they became aware of it, right? Like, that, that all starts to emerge as a way to make a little extra money by making people pay attention when they don't want to. Yeah. And at a certain point, that starts to negatively affect your brand. And finally, that filters back to you. And you're like, whoa, no, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who the hell? And then you don't even know who to call. Yeah. Right. There's been this um, thing called Sleeping Giants, which is uh, a protest movement against Breitbart. And they started to reach out over Twitter to all the brands that were advertising on the Breitbart News Network. And like... And brands immediately, because brands don't want to be called out on Twitter. Like, that is like... Sure. <laughs> and so, w- I've been watching the Twitter account, and yeah. it starts as like, hey, Toyota, do you know you're on this hate site? Yeah. And then Toyota kind of drops out. And if you go to Breitbart, there's all oh, these... Oh, they did em- enormous damage. Oh, there's all these empty s- slots where the yeah. ads are. And they still... I still follow the Twitter account, and now it's just like, hey... Appalachian um, jerky <laughs> treats. <laughs> like, they really... Uh, Bill O'Reilly. I mean... Yeah. This is a, a, a different case, obviously, because it's not online. But the scandal's been around for a while. But really, when the advertisers started to drop out, it was like, okay. Well, social yeah. media pressure, too. Like every, The social media like awareness of your brand has started to be, I think, it's become a pretty critical indicator in your overall marketing health. Yeah. So I think that... You know, they Toyota doesn't want people yeah. saying, why do you support hate yeah. on Twitter? More than, you know, one or two, like, wacky people, fine. Yeah. But 10,000 or a celebrity retweeting, and suddenly you're in kind of a, just a, an enormous tornado of but, garbage that people enjoy. Like, yeah, but be, this is a little different. Like, that's that's protesting a point of view or a perspective. All I'm saying kind. is that what it did was it went and got – it made – it laid bare the architecture of the, all these platforms. And it was like – Toyota didn't know they were on Breitbart. They didn't know, right? Yeah. The ads were floating out through the system. Yes. They had no clue. True. And then people were like, hey, you got to get off. 
Yeah. And they were like, oh, how do we do that? And then this this protest org was actually there with like a, a yeah. handout. Like, yeah. here's how you get off. Here's what you got to do in your in your Google double click yeah. control panel. And suddenly everyone was like, oh, I'll do that. I don't so know. Maybe that's how it gets better. There's just advertiser sensitivity to. Yeah, there's a lot of stories right now. Yeah, out about stories that. and also just the association of like that. What you just described, that kind of gross, weird, fake Facebook thing. Like, do you really want your brand associated with that? Right. Totally, totally. I mean, you know, as a publisher, I don't think really any publisher would would say they want that. I think, you know, and that's the advertiser is actually never really affected by that. It's it's more of the publisher, but the systems just need to be cleaned up. They've been exploited for too long. And it's like, there's no reason digital advertising can't be like television advertising. Oh, sure. And the systems, I think, in place to achieve that that technologically speaking, have been achieved. And now we just need to clean up the actors on them. Can you do me a favor? Can you walk? I want to go. I I brought up that crazy Luma Partners chart. And what I want to do, so on the left in the green, it has the word marketer. And then there's like all these boxes. I just want to be an ad for a minute. I'm an ad. Sure, sure. Okay. So first of all, it's got a list. I want to know what kind of, what is the ad? Mm, That's a really great question. Let's say I'm a pretty, uh, it's not belly. Conditioner? Yeah, yeah but, something nice. Well, what are you made in? Like, are you made in uh, a static graphic file? Or are you fancy HTML5 with I'm video? I'm a fancy HTML5 ad for an online, for a uh, a mobile game like Clash of Clans. Oh, okay. okay. okay so, they spend good money. They spend real money. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, right? So I got, Leah yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to pay for him to like, be in my TV. I was going to suggest online university, like Ford University. Mm. Okay, fine. Well, that, okay, let's do that because that's a little bit more edgy and like a well, little more. Edgy. And just so you guys know, again, the rabbit hole is deep but you know here we can talk about do you want to be a brand advertiser or do you want to be a direct response advertiser? i want to be a direct response i think okay. brand we've kind of like started to figure out but okay. i but i'm direct response now first of all did I, I i hired someone to make an ad for me right? correct okay correct. so that's an agency maybe or like who made my ad i mean maybe anybody well a designer specifically okay. and then you know depending on you know, if again, if it's a static graphics file, then you can have a designer who can work in your standard Photoshop, kick out a ad that's you know standard size, which is like three hundred by two fifty. Okay, so an ad- somebody made me an ad, and now I'm watching this thing go from left to well, right. And- just just to talk about the ecosystem, I do want to point out, like, so again, a designer can make a static graphics file, or you can work with the rich media platform, something like Clipcentric, which you can hire, and they'll design a fancy HTML five rich media ad. So they'll that's do host- it for you. They will design it and. And then they will host it. So, like, you know, hosting video that you send out to 2 million impressions obviously has a cost. They'll take care of that for you. Okay. And then, so here I'm watching the arrows. It goes to something called an agency trading desk. Now, let me tell you yes. some of the agency trading desk names. Yeah. Oh, no. Acuin, Zaxis, Vivaki, Run Adnetic, <laughs> and Accordant Media. Mm. Do you what know all the these? Hell? Yeah. You what know, what yeah. is it? What is it, John? So no, um, because seriously, I'm like working on the internet one day, and then I'm starting to this stuff starts to come into my world, and they're like, "Hey, Paul, what do you think about Vivaki?" And I'm yeah. like, "Viviki, Viviki, okay, fine." <laughs> Case in point, right? And I'm supposed to be Mr. Internet, and oh. I have no clue yeah. what the hell is that. Okay, so what oh, are these? Oh, the conferences John goes to. <laughs> John's been into some wild places. Yeah. What is an agency trading desk? Sure, yeah. So it's a trading desk. I think the easiest way to describe it would be someone who specializes in buying display media. Is it? 
like a, like a people with terminals in front of them, like buying stuff? Like yeah, what? it's a user interface. Okay. Um, you know, basically, so Richard said something earlier about like how advertisers use DoubleClick, which is, is interesting. Um, they definitely do use DoubleClick, but they don't use DoubleClick for publishers. So okay. DoubleClick has a product called DFP, which is DoubleClick for publishers. That's the ad server that we talked about earlier. Okay. On the other side of that, they have something called DoubleClick Bid Manager, which okay. is a DSP. A DSP stands for Demand Side Platform. And so really, I, again, you know, as software guys, these are just fancy terms for software interfaces, really, for interfa- user interfaces, rather. Are these kind of like APIs, though? or inter- like am I- No, they're legit interfaces, like where okay. you come in and you're like... It's for humans. It's yeah. rectangles. So, wait, well, it- no, it's like, I, like this is the line item. Like I'm going to call this... Um, what was the name of your company again? Ford University. Ford University. Okay, so Ford University, 300 by 250, targeted to people who have gone to education.com before. Okay. And so you set up that line item and that targeting in the DSP interface. Okay, so I'm, if I'm a trading desk, what I'm doing is I'm using the DSP interface. Correct. And I'm, I'm, someone's came to me and said, like, hey, I got to get Ford University out to 200 million people. Correct. And I go, no problem. Let me get on the DSP and I'll find you the cheapest possible best people for that. <laughs> Correct. Okay. I like so, that terminology. Let me get on the DSP. Let me get on the DSP. <laughs> okay. So what do they actually say, do you think? Uh, they would probably try and mask it, honestly. Be like, we have our own proprietary DSP <laughs> that does this and that. <laughs> oh, and then, you know, it's just like some oh, service layer the built on top of The advertising doesn't DBM. stop. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're heading, we're going right. And I'm leaving a lot out, but now we're in the world of DSPs, okay? So DSP, yep. DSPs are like Media Math, which I know is an enormous company. Yeah. Uh, I've met people who work there. Invite Media, Turn, Data Zoo, Trigit. Yep. Again, what the hell is happening? Okay, I would just call those people buying specialists. Okay. Like that, like they know how to buy display media. Like if you're like, hey, I want to get my message out to X amount of people with these interests, you as a VP of marketing can go to them and say, that's what I want to do. And they know how to do it. And they, you, you know, you're working with a reputable firm who know, who supposedly is not going to rip you off. How does inventory from the publisher side, meaning I, I know that 100 million people are going to come look at my news articles on, you know, Buzz AOL or Huffington Feed. Mm-hmm. How does that inventory get back into the DSP? Well, so it doesn't actually ever go into the DSP. Like, you know, technically speaking, the DSP is more of a targeting interface. And then what the DSP has a relationship with via an API is the ad exchanges. Okay, so then I'm, I'm actually just that's a, the next a, thing it's over. A, it's just an interface to the different ad exchanges. So this is yeah. like the stock exchange, except it's atomized into a whole lot of companies that make no sense. Well, I mean, they make sense. I mean, yeah. Sorry, their names are terrible is what I meant. Yes, a whole, yes, I yes. would say a whole lot of companies trying to extract value from a evolving system. Hashtag Labs is a good name in that it doesn't make me want to strangle everyone who's involved with the company. Whereas many Thank of you. these, like, they're zip, blah, 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 they're, they're tough. They're yeah, tough. I appreciate you, that. No, because if you meet someone at a party and you're like, hey, what do you do? And they're like, I work for Adscript Nab and you're yeah. like, yeah. oh, God, here's my next 10 minutes. <laughs> Uh, okay, so an exchange. Can I go to an exchange and be like, hey, I got four million people for you? Well, <laughs> kind of. I'm really enjoying this. It's like my favorite conversation. Because yeah. I'm finally figuring – someone has to explain this to me. Yeah. And because he's on our podcast, he's not allowed to just run out of the room. Yeah, this is no, great. I, I love explaining. I mean, yeah. honestly, the funny thing about our job is like you'd think I'd be scared to explain it to people because – um, they'd be like, oh, now I get it. I'm going to do it myself. It's more the opposite where it's like, oh, oh no. yeah, you can keep doing that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it. I is mean, that, I mean, boiling down hashtag labs, yeah. is that, I mean, people are coming to you and saying, look, 
I need to get into this game. Help me. Is that what you guys do, or do you focus on some part of the pipeline? No, I mean, mostly what happens is publishers have an incredible pain point in their ad operations department, and, you know, people, and they say, like, how do we figure this out? Like, I think we need to make more money, or just things are getting messed up, and then people say, you know, call Hashtag Labs. Got it. They know how to work with advertising technology on behalf of publishers. Got it. All right, down here underneath the exchanges, and with arrows pointing all Well, before we move on, just quickly, before we move on, because, like, so exchanges is sort of where the transaction takes place. And just to take a really far step back quickly, you know, publishers on one end, marketers on the other end, I would say, you know, marketers are demand and publishers are supply to like even simplify it further. Okay. And so, you know, the DSPs are on the demand side. The exchanges are sort of the clearinghouse where everything takes place. The biggest ones are going to be Google and AppNexus. And then on the other side, on the supply side of this exchange, you're going to have something called the SSP or supply side platform. And that's sort of how the inventory gets rigged up into the exchanges. Meaning that would be like, what would that be like? I'm looking at the ad networks here. And yeah. It's like AOL and Value Click. And- That's going to be the ugliest part of this to unpack, honestly, just because okay. there's so much reselling. Like there's really only like, you know, probably eight to 12 original demand sources out there for independent publishers. But then that's when you're going to have like all those people in your advertisers at abc.com company. They're like, oh, we have a relationship with Google. We have a relationship with OpenX. So we're just going to package that up, resell it and keep 10%. Whereas the publisher should just get that directly. Everybody's got their hand in the pot. Yeah. Well, not if you work with Hashtag Labs, it's pretty... Yeah, no, they're really the best. Yeah, very, efficient. <laughs> very efficient. Very on, very on target with their marketing <laughs> message as well. We, we don't have a lot of time left. Can we yeah. jump to the user side for a second? Yeah, of, course, of course, of course. The most important thing. Okay. I, I have to admit, I do use a, a blocker. I, we were testing a, something we were launching a few weeks ago, actually a partnership with Bloomberg. And, very nice. And I wanted to test the tool. And I could not believe where things had gone. It's like sort of like I'd been away for, you ever like have a friend who's got a three-year-old and then you don't see them for a while and they're now five, but they look completely different. Sure. I've been using an ad blocker for a while and I came back to the web. It literally felt like coming back to the web and it was a disaster. There's just no other, uh, and I'm not visiting TMZ and the like. I'm just a relatively normal user who's hopping around the web. And it was a train wreck. My browser was coming to a crawl. The ads, I wouldn't even call them ads. They were like people swinging from windows over the text that I was trying to read. It was just madness. And audio would start playing. It was just utterly chaos. And then there's this particular breed of, I guess you call them ads. They're like at the bottom of the article. It's like 10 shitty, 10 shitty headlines. Oh, yeah. Like... You know, that's recommended what does Pierce Brosnan yeah. look yeah. like today? Oh, that's and like Zergnet and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Outbrain Tabula, Outbrain, which is again piling it on, and 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 you have to wonder: Is this it? Is this where we're going to end up? I think and, I think you're going to see a major pullback again. I think mm-hmm. advertisers want more premium experiences. I think readers want more premium experiences. Well, and also, I mean, to be clear, the money's not that great, right? No, I mean, it's... If I put those Taboola links, like, I'm not going... My kid doesn't get to go to a better school because I use Taboola. Like, I get a little more money. <laughs> Depends how many pages you have, honestly. Right, right. <laughs> but if I have, like, the regular, let's say, I'm doing real good. I have, like, 30, 40 million page views. That's a lot. That's a lot of page views, That's right? a lot, yeah. What do I get out of, like, a Taboola? That's a great question. I mean, you know, you could definitely be talking mid to high five figures. 
Wow. Per year, per month? Per month. Per month. Your All kid's right. going to school, Paul. Yeah. Right, so but but, but that, the key to independent publishing, and I try and say this a lot, isn't always about the revenue. The key to independent publishing is how much money are you spending to get those 30 to 40 million page views. If you're spending $10,000 a month, you're going to live a great life. If you're spending $150,000 a month, it's going to be a little bit tougher. It's going to be a grind. Sure. Yeah. Okay. For those 30 million, 40 exactly. million views. Yeah. Isn't Tabula, I mean, the work involved is nothing, right? It's like, hey, sign up. Cut Drop this line in. Yep. Okay. So it's really about your budget. How much are you spending? How much are you getting back out of this, right? Well, and what kind of, what are your long-term goals there? And what kind of quality right. are you going to create? Right. That people, you know, if, you've, if you're covered with Tabula ads, I'm going to be less likely to come yeah. to you and say, I want yeah. to promote my brand new thing. I think, by the way, I think the blockers leave those alone for some strange reason. Because I think they're just not, they're just close enough to looking like next link, next article or whatever. They look like content. That's the whole point of them, yeah. I suppose. So back to sort of where this all goes, right? There's a, This is a slippery slope, right? I mean, more and more, I mean, they just have to keep going because... Well, I hope we're at the bottom, frankly, in terms yeah. of quality experience. Like, I think yeah. hopefully we go up from here. Because, oh, yeah. No, yeah. things only get better in America. So <laughs> is, is content marketing... The Which answer. is what we're well, doing right now, by the yeah, way. Exactly. <laughs> Note, well, yeah, exactly. Note. I would say, like, are you calling Taboola and Outbrain content marketing? No, I call them oh, garbage. Got it, got yeah. it. Okay, sorry. So I, I don't know. You know where I see content marketing? I don't even know where to put it. Is It's sort of like the article that gave me really good advice about dermatitis – <laughs> but clearly it's content marketing, but it was good advice. Well, th- but that's another layer of actor. Like, right, like the the three people in this room, like, honestly, I'm, I think we're all in the business because we love the internet. We love great content. We love independent publishing. We want to see it. Sure, thrive. and we've, we've all had a point where we're like, money will make this move forward. And so when you can get money into the system, For sure. more creative, interesting yeah. things can happen. But the websites that you're talking about yeah. that sort of like have, you know, just – Taboola all over the place, 10 ads on the side. Like you can tell them these are a certain class of publishing organization, which is called an arbitrager. And so what these guys are doing, these guys are playing a very mathematical game where it's like, can we buy clicks to our website for less money than we earn from the advertising we have around it? Are those the articles where you're like, you know, 37 celebrities who gave up? The the gallery, And then you go and there's a gallery, but you have to do a full page refresh for every image? Exactly. And as with all things, there are varying degrees. Obviously, some are going to be more egregious than others. Um, But that is certainly a class of publishing game. They don't care. Like, they're not thinking about brand equity and No, they're thinking about how much does it cost to get a click to my website and how much, what's the RPM for that I'm also assuming, looking at them, a lot of the content isn't written by native English speakers. Like, they have figured out how to... Yeah, sure. It's a a sweatshop. Like, maybe it's made in the same way that a lot of... Like, there's a lot of work around sites in in the Philippines and India. Like, it feels like you can just look for downward pricing in every aspect of production. Well, yeah. I mean, now we're sort of veering into the whole fake news thing, you know, where people were just, you know, the stories like about the people in Eastern Europe where they were just publishing fake news to get Like a Macedonian fake news town. And everyone was making 10 times a teacher's salary. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think the platforms are very interested in the long term in cleaning this up, Mm -hmm. right? Because... This is bad for Google long term. Exactly, right? yeah. and that's and that was like the thing. Like you, Google never been had seen it be bad for them, but now it was bad for them because not only are they because well they're paying those people out, but not only are they paying those people out, now the platforms are driving traffic to that, and so it's like right, they are the perpetuators. Eth- their talented ethical employees are yeah. starting to like shuffle around the office. Yeah, and it takes a minute. I mean that's. 
we want instant reaction for people to be able to fully internalize and understand everything that just happened. But it'll actually yeah. take a couple years for what happened during the 2016 campaign to be metabolized and understood by the tech giants. Like they, they yeah. can't move that fast. No, they can't. They and can like, you know, oh, we put our fake news council yeah. on top of this. I, I think they've come to digest what happened and that they need to deal but, but turning that into product, turning actually, that into something, yeah, yeah it's going like, to take time. Turning like ethics and long-term business strategy into product is is a multi-year yeah. process. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think what you'll happen, what you'll see, is sort of like proxies for these things sort of emerge. Like one, like this isn't a great example in this specific case, but like one thing that was happening was everyone would load up their page with thirty ad units, right? And so when you loaded a page, you'd have an ad unit that loaded it all the way at the bottom, and no one ever saw it, and yet the advertisers stay, still paying for that. Mm-hmm. And so what is sort of emerged in the industry which for ad operations people is, an, is another wrinkle in the system and it's tough to, to manage, you know, delivering against. But I think in the, over the long-term health of the industry, it's a great thing, is this new metric called viewability. So now people are only paying for ads once they come into view. And so that makes sense, right? Like that's sort of a proxy, a performance metric that can, can be measured. So there's a chance that a human being actually sees it. Exactly. It has to be on the well, screen. Well, sort of like when it was on TV, you could still go and get a sandwich. Of course. Like, yeah. You know, they couldn't like tie you to the chair and make yeah. you watch. But right. at least it was on the television. Exactly. That, okay. Um, we're almost out of time. I'm just going to say the word and let you talk, John. All right. I'm ready. Facebook. Ooh. All right. Um, new player. New player. Obviously, major <laughs> traffic source. Um, you know, they have some decent ad products. All of their ad products only pay on viewability. So they're, you know, ahead of the curve in that sense. Hmm. You know, I think it's wait and see. How are they? They're getting involved. They're bringing their ads to the open web. You know, they obviously only used to play in their closed ecosystem. Wait a minute. Facebook pushes ads to the open web? Yep. Yep. No kidding. Yeah. And where are they as a player right now in the open web? So their sort of AdSense is called Audience Network. Oh, interesting, because they, they know they have an unbelievable amount of inventory. But exactly. So now it's leaking more. out of the apps. Yeah, because people are willing to buy so web. much stuff from Facebook, so yeah. why not? Wow. Exactly. Yeah, they have so much demand. And so it's and also they have incredible data, right? Oh, man, and this has got to keep Google up at night. This is like their worst nightmare. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, Google has an incredible sort of trench around DFP and that stuff. Like DFP... It's going to be impossible to unsee. Like, you know, you say that, but Facebook's yeah. smart. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so that's good. So there is a true terrible battle of the giants yeah. Yeah. that oh, doesn't time. have any particular interest in the health or success of the publishers. <laughs> well, <laughs> or anyone, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you'll see the battle play out, too. Like, this sort of leads into, like, instant articles and AMP and stuff. Yeah. You know? yeah. But <laughs> So here's the final question, which is, let's say I'm, I have a – Great idea, something I love. I'm able to build an audience. I'm, I'm creating an independent media property about, I don't know, you know, sneakers, athletics, watches, whatever. And I feel like I'm ready to take it to the next step. I want to spend some money, hire a couple writers, see if I can grow it. Is it possible? Is it possible to do that anymore? <sighs> Tough question. I would definitely say, first of all, do it for the love of the game. Um, That's not the answer we're looking for, John. Second of all, um, (laughs) you know, like, I think you can build an independent publishing company today. I think, you know, you have to 
getting traffic is I, honestly that's something I don't know how to do is like really get a lot of traffic for a website. Again, if you have a lot of traffic, if you have four million Facebook fans and you can drive twenty million page views a month to your website and you can do it for fifteen thousand dollars, you can have a great business on your hands. You can live really comfortably. You can live wherever you want, and it's awesome. You know, if you raise a bunch of money and you hire direct direct deals, can be had. They are hard to get. The advertisers, deservedly so, require a lot of reporting and, you know, you have to have a certain technical skill set to deliver on these things. It's there, but you got to really want it and you really got to really grind through it. And it's not glamorous. What's the level of traffic where you start to take me seriously? Well, you know, if you have direct deals, I always take anyone serious. And sure. yeah, I take everyone seriously, to be like fair. If I'm but- like Quantum Physics Weekly and yeah. I have the quantum physics computing societies ads yeah. on my website like i might have 200 readers but they could all be worth some serious money yeah but unfortunately still at this point in the game like like just pure volume is what's going to drive your your revenue right, like, where does pure volume start i mean maybe you know three to five million pages okay three to five million so like somewhere north of half a million uniques yeah yeah, definitely. Okay, so I got a pretty big audience at that point. Like what used to be a very large audience is now the starting point. Yeah, and again, you know. Listen, life has bad news in it. This is good to know. Yeah. Do yeah. it for the game, Paul. For exactly. the love of the game. <laughs> exactly. All right, so if I'm a publisher with some volume and I need to up my game, you're the guy I call. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, if you want to understand advertising technology, if you don't want to deal with advertising technology, if, you know, you just – Honestly, the best way to describe it is a trusted and capable ad operations partner. How expensive is it to work with you? It's not that expensive. I think, frankly, I, you know, <laughs> I don't want to pitch it too hard, but I think it's the best deal in town. You know, I think um, the expertise that we come with and sort of the customer service that we come with, you know, it's the customer service. You feel like you have a full-time employee. It's the technical expertise. Our CTO, you know, really I, don't, I think you'd be challenged to find a more talented engineer who spent more time with this stuff digging through it. So, like, that experience oozes throughout the organization. So you get, you know, CTO-level technical experience, world-class customer service, all for, you know, low four figures per month. Oh, okay. That's actually – I was going to – Mid to low. Mid to low. I was going to try to squeeze that out of you, but yeah. you got it there. Okay. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll, we're transparent. Transparency is uh, important to us. Okay. So a mid-priced firm – that can help Do you, you want to share a coupon code, John? <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, John at hashtag labs.com. Hashtag hyphen labs. <laughs> okay. So that's how if, okay, any, that's a joke. if anybody needs you, John at hashtag dash labs.com. Yes, sir. Website is hashtag dash labs.com. Correct. And yeah, there's a huge library there if you just want to read about this stuff. You know, we wrote a lot of it out. So. Okay. Very cool. All right. So anybody who needs to understand the world of online advertising, this is your man. Yeah. Also, I just want, thank you so much for having me, guys. It's, uh, you know, means a lot to me. So thank you. No, no, of this course. Is great. Yeah, this, this was interesting. Great. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Take care. I am genuinely more informed than I was. Well, I feel like somebody, I, I, I don't feel A human feel being like, just told me what the hell is happening out there. Well, I, don't, I don't feel like I got off the Q train. It's like, did that person just touch me or not? My, my overall feeling of the online advertising space is like a large group of ravens shrieking in my face. Right. right? Like that's, and understanding what's happening. Yeah. Is, is very helpful. Well, it's just a, a little ad is sitting there, and then it, it really goes through. Yeah, there's through. a world behind it. It goes through hell before it can yep. get to your screen. Yep. And, even then, and then everyone's like, go home. I don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> it worked so hard to get there. All right. All right. So online advertising, a key and critical part of our enormous global trillion dollar economy of internet things, now fully explained 
by track changes. Exposed. Every aspect of it you'll ever need to know, you yeah. now understand. And if there's anything else you need, just call John. <laughs> My name is Paul Ford. I'm the co-founder of Postlight and the co-host of Track Changes. And I'm Rich Ciotti, the other co-co. And if you need us, hello at postlight.com. That's all it takes. And that's it. If you need anything, let us know. Give us a good rating on iTunes. We're going to get back to work. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.